and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf. Anything going on today? You know what? I just am really jacked up right now. What's up, Basinonians? How you doing? Ron Wolfley, Luke Lipinski, reporting for duty, the Wolf and Luke Show. Calls coming. That much I can promise you right now. Oh, yeah. This can only be a listener's only day at some point in time where we expect you to call into the broadcast and actually air your opinion on Kevin Durant and what you might see from Kevin Durant tonight. Yeah, we're, we're going to do that in about an hour. We'll do that in the 11 o'clock hour because you would assume everybody's 100% on board with this. But I, I do wonder if it's a mix of, okay, we still miss Mikel and Cam, and that's fine. I mean, I, I think we're all going to miss those guys for a while. If it's a matter of maybe not totally conceptualizing just how great Kevin Durant is until you see him play, which that's understandable too. I think a lot of people are on board with it also, but um, I just, I want to get some, some Suns fans reactions a little bit later on in the show because this is a historic day, Wolf. There's no way around it. Is. it. I mean, things are going to, things are about to change in a big way. Either the Suns are going to win a title plus, or if they don't, there's going to be a lot of people that view that trade as a failure, not a trade you wouldn't make. You're going to make that trade pretty much 100% of the time if you can get Kevin Durant, but the, the stakes are so raised starting at 5 o'clock tonight. You know, I, I love the fact that you're calling it the way that it is right now, the stakes. What are the stakes right now? The stakes are high. The expectation is high, and it should be. It should be. Look at this team right now, the way it's currently constructed. There's no doubt about it. And the way that we think Kevin Durant is actually going to mesh with the Devin Booker, mesh with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul, mesh and, and be a leader on this team in terms of their talent, they're as good as it gets in the association. Now they need to become a team. And that quest starts tonight. And if, in fact, that happens, Luke, if if they they blend and they mold, and I think we all fully expect that's what's going to be the case, knowing the personalities and the talent that is involved, man, this could be lights out. The stakes are high because it's championship or bust. But that's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's that's what sports are all about, is raising the stakes. I, I, I don't know how many times I've said this, but being in the middle, that sucks. You don't want to be in the middle. You want to win the whole thing. Nobody's going to remember. I don't want to get into a bunch of sports cliches, but I mean, you can <laughs> you can extend this beyond just sports. Don't at some point in your life, whatever is important to you, you got to go for it. Right? They're cliches for a reason. They are, but I realized I was starting to go down that path without even uh, intending to. There's been enough what ifs for Suns fans over the last half century plus. Man. Like it, it's it's time for the what ifs to go away, and, and I think part of the hesitation some people have is. This team never really got to play as this team this season. Somebody was always hurt up until the trade deadline. We did the, I ran the numbers, I think it was like five games basically where the starting lineup of 
Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre, and Mikel Bridges all played like a full game together. I think it was seven games total that they all played together, but like Cam played five minutes in one game and DA played like eight in another one. So it was basically five games. So you you had that little bit of like, ah, but what if we were good enough without doing this? But the bottom line is when you have a chance to do this, you have to do it. And it's about to get crazy here in seven hours. I know. I know, man. It is. It it begins tonight, Basin Orleans, as it should. And what are the expectations right now? The expectations are they're going to go out and they're going to win tonight. <laughs> they're going to win tonight. And then they're going to go out there and continue to get better. This is just the first step. That's what I see. I think they're only going to get better. That's my expectation. That can be really, really dangerous, can it? Boy, I know that better than anyone else. Here I am as a former professional athlete, and I understand that just because it looks good on paper doesn't mean it's actually going to look good once you get on the court, once you get on the field, once you get on the diamond, once you get on the ice. doesn't mean that's going to happen. Right now, it looks like this is, this truly is championship or bust. But the bust is always a possibility. Well, that's, yeah, because you can only control so much. So the Suns are controlling what they can control. And but it, that's not my expectation. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, now that you've, because of what you gave up and because of how good you already were. Now you have to count on some stuff you can't control. Like, if you say, oh, well, this team looks good on paper, are they going to look good on the court? Yeah, they're going to look great on the court. When these guys are playing together, they're going to look like the best team in the NBA. But that doesn't guarantee you win a title. And because of what you gave up, you have to win a title, too, for it to be worth it. See, and that's that's the great thing about this as well. We're not talking, you know, two years from now. Not two. Not three. Oh, boy. Here we go. LeBron. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this year. Right now. Oh, man. And what we talk about that as well, it's not just Kevin Durant. You, you do, right? We were talking about this the other day, yesterday, I believe, out in Salt River Fields. It's Chris Paul. It's Chris Paul as well. Yeah. How much pressure do you think is on Chris Paul? I mean, he's got a team right now in front of him. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, DeAndre, let's go. Well, the Chris Paul angle to all of this, it puts that sense of urgency back on it, too, because you could you could easily look at the situation and say, hey, man, it's great that they got him for the rest of this year. But sometimes it takes, you know, time to adjust to the point where you're going to be like a full team and really kind of going, you know, and so maybe maybe it'll be next year. Well, you don't know how long Chris Paul is going to be good to great. Yes. And, and, and you don't really seem yes. to have a backup plan behind Chris Paul. So you may get one, but let's just focus on the fact that you got the full team now for the next few months and let's go. And here's the other thing too right now, the mentality of this team. This is something I've been talking about an awful lot over the last couple of weeks, but the mentality of this team because suddenly they get Kevin Durant. They haven't played a game with Kevin Durant right now, and yet there are hardcore NBA analysts that are coming out saying, you know what, this right here, this is your Western Conference champion. Um, okay, yes, we, we understand there there's a lot of water that needs to go underneath that metaphorical bridge, but you get a lot of this. The Suns are the favorite right now. I think we all agree, most of us agree, they're the favorite. Not everybody. You're never going to get a slam dunk on that, but I think for the most part, if somebody held a metaphorical gun to your head and said, who's the favorite? Who do you think is coming out of the West? I think you'd look at the Phoenix Suns and say they are. See, I think that concerns some people too because it wasn't Durant, but they were the favorites last year and that didn't go well. 
And the year before, they weren't the favorites, and they went right through the Western Conference. Yeah, I know. But it's different. I mean, it's a different it's, personality. Kevin Durant different. has has won the title. He's won it a couple times before. I know Damian Lee won it last year with Golden State, and I like Damian Lee. But Kevin Durant was a Finals MVP twice. Yes. So it, it, it's it's not going to be like, well, It wasn't too big for KD. Yeah, I mean, if they fall behind in the first round 2-1 to one to Dallas or whoever, they're not going to be like, well, I guess we'll see you next year because we, we lost a game like they did last year. But see, it's that, it is that expectation, right? Right now that I wonder that dynamic, and that was my point. I was working to that, and then you interrupted me, Luke. I know, but I was good. working, <laughs> I was working towards that point right there. The expectation, and what is it like? You know what I say? Embrace it. I was talking about this the other day. Just embrace it. Yeah, you know what? We are the favorites. What are you going to do about it? As I was sitting there listening to an incredible tunnel time warm up to the show today. Yeah, you incredible. Mixed it up today. Can I tell you I did mix it up today? I wanted to do something a little bit different right now. Embrace it. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> That's what I love. This is what I love. embrace the fact. Yeah. Yeah, we you know what guys? We Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Eaton. Monty Williams, all of them, look at each other and say, yeah, we we should be the favorite. Now let's go get it. Let's go take it. Let's go win. Let's pick up our stakes. Let's move to a new river. Let's go to a new place and a new village and take it (laughs) because we want it. Metaphorically speaking, of course. There's, There's moves that you make that make you better. But it's kind of make you better, but it's sort of off the radar a little bit. Like they make you better, but all the major networks are still talking about the Lakers in 12th place. Right. And then there's moves like this you make that that takes the spotlight and puts it firmly on you. No matter what happens from tip off tonight forward through these playoffs, the spotlight's on the Phoenix Suns. So for better or worse, the spotlight's on you. And we're not always used to that here because usually we have we see our teams have to fight for any sort of respect. You see it. Fans have to fight for it on social media. The Suns are in the NBA Finals against the Bucks, and people are still discounting what they did. Now the attention's on you no matter what. Embrace it. Make it your friend. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, football news coming out today on one top NFL draft prospect that has been linked to the Cardinals. So how much of an impact will it have on the draft? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke here on this Wednesday morning. And um, obviously a lot of talk about KD today, Wolf, but uh, story coming out of Georgia that Jalen Carter has a warrant out for his arrest stemming from a traffic incident back in January. I mean, this is one of those stories that's obviously bigger than football. But we're going to look at it through the football lens because it's a sports show. There's a lot of people talking about this guy as the first pick in the draft. And, you know, we don't know for sure what's true and what isn't. But, man, what a way to throw that away and a lot of other stuff, too. Yeah. um, This is, you know, first of all, I think of Jalen Carter, first and foremost. I think of the kid himself. And... Um, I, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows the details that are going to come out in this? Uh, who knows what his involvement was 
in this accident that was a fatality, was it not? Yeah, so the the official wording is there's a warrant out for his arrest because there's an investigation going on in Georgia regarding a car crash that killed a team staffer and a teammate of Jalen Carter. Yes, uh, so we don't know a lot of the details right now, and my heart goes out to the families uh, that have lost this. Obviously, it was in January, of course, and then I think of Jalen Carter, and, you know, I hope, I hope um, we don't find out that he was somehow involved in this that will impact him, yet it seems like that already is happening right now because of the draft and because of how this may impact him going forward, and it doesn't, it's not a good thing. You can put that in the negative column. It's, uh, he's officially been charged with reckless driving and racing in the incident. That's what he's been charged with. Yes. That's why there's a warrant out for his arrest. So he was the guy that was driving. Um, it's yeah, kind of I mean, unclear. It feels, like it feels like a few people were driving. He was, okay. Um, um, but yeah, it's, it's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and we're back into another one of these yeah, legal it's stories. it's not a good thing. So let's just put it in the negative column right now for Jalen Carter. And that is a question mark. He was, many people believed, the best player in the draft. He was going to be taken number one by the Chicago Bears if they did not trade that pick. Most people thought Jalen Carter might go number one. Will Anderson is still a possibility. But I hate this for the Arizona Cardinals right now. I hate it for them because if the Chicago Bears don't trade out of that spot, the number one spot in the draft, um, that means they might take Will Anderson. Uh, the ESPN story says, according to documents and recordings of 911 calls reviewed by the Journal Constitution, at least two vehicles driven by Georgia football players had been at the scene, including the Jeep driven by Jalen Carter, who left the scene before police or emergency personnel arrived. So that's, again, this is all allegedly, but he's being charged for uh, racing. Basically, he was in the car that was fine. Yes. So. There you go. Well, um, now everybody awaits his comment on this. Yep. Um, over- I think we can say with certitude it's going to impact him and his status on this draft. Just based on what you said right there, it's going to impact him. There's no denying it. The draft has changed because Jalen Carter, the news came out about him this morning. This is going to change this draft. Well, look, I don't... I don't want to assume somebody is guilty until they're actually like shown to be guilty, okay? But let's just look at it from the perspective of the Cardinals. You think the Cardinals want to deal with any sort of... Do you think they want to draft any sort of potential mess into their organization? But Okay, but the Cardinals last year yeah. went through so much stuff. And I'm sure that's my point, though. I think most teams, if you're talking about a top pick, if you're talking about the Bears with the number one overall pick, do you want to draft question marks with the number one overall pick? No. You just... You, you don't, and they're character question marks. It's not you know, the question marks from Jalen Carter two days ago were: is he is he going to take a playoff? Yeah, right. It's a little bit different, right? right. You can yes. still draft a guy if he's going to take a playoff. This yes. is a little bit different. Well, and that's one of the reasons why um, it's not going to help him, and it's one of the reasons why his draft stock is impacted right now. Somebody died. Somebody was out there, and he's being charged with rec- now again. I'm not saying he's guilty, but the the fact that th- this is a legal process, 
How long is this going to go on? What? You would imagine. Legal process. You have, yeah. Quite a while. It could be a long time. That, to me, tells me it's going to impact his draft status. Uh, over to the draft, just in general, this was Monty Ossenfort. And we played the clip from him at the Combine yesterday saying, hey, the phones are open. If you want the third pick, give me a call and we'll talk and we'll see what's, uh, what's, what's there. Uh, he was also asked if he's been called about that pick yet. No, it's, it's still pretty early in that process. So, uh, so no, no, calls? no calls. No, we're, uh, th- those, those calls typically don't start till uh, further down the road. So there's plenty of time for that. I feel like he's going to get calls on the third overall pick. The draft is still just under uh, two months away now. By the way, happy March. It's officially March. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes, it is. The Ides of March are with us. Um, Okay, so again, yeah, it's officially here, and I am a little surprised that he hasn't received any calls yet. Typically, if you're a general manager, you know, yeah, you'd be out there, and I would imagine that a new guy comes into a position. He's the new guy, Monty Ossenfort, and you think somebody pick up the phone and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, I just wanted to say, "Hey, what's going on?" Okay, Monty, all right, great. You're in the brotherhood, the 32 guys that actually have. Gen- General manager status in the National Football League. What's up? How you doing? That type of thing. And oh, by the way, um, what's that number three pick? What's it going to cost yeah. us? Oh, yeah. I noticed you now, have not three every general pick. manager yeah. is going to do that, of course, as no. he makes the call. But there would be a lot of them, I would imagine. Ten, at least. Bickley's been saying this a lot on the morning show, and I completely agree. If you're the Cardinals, you really want one of these quarterbacks, not C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young necessarily, but you want one of these other quarterbacks to really stand out at the Combine. And you want you want what we always laugh at to happen. You want some quarterback desperate team that overvalues the Combine to say, hey, this guy was so amazing at the Combine, we have to move up to number three to get him. Assuming See, Young and, and Stroud are gone. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want him to look too good, though, because once again, um, uh, you have to look at this is why this news about Jalen Carter is so huge. Because you want the possibility of one of those quarterbacks being there at number three. Yeah. You don't want somebody moving up to number one in the Chicago Bears reaping the benefit of them moving up to number one because of all the draft capital it'll take and then taking one of the quarterbacks. You want one of those quarterbacks to be alive. That's the reason why Jalen Carter, Jalen Carter, the, the Chicago Bears need Jalen Carter. When you look at their defensive line right now, you look at their, the culture, the the history of the Chicago Bears, they need Jalen Carter. And that makes it a real possibility that you could draft Jalen Carter number one if they hold on to that pick. And then all of a sudden, you've got... You've got two quarterbacks that a lot of people like that are alive, and the Cardinals would then be sitting in the catbird seat at number three. But that's what I'm saying. You you want another quarterback that isn't one of those two to have an amazing combine. So you make it a team desperate that's like, we got to get one at three. You want you want some sort of scenario where a team is like, yeah, we'll make it three quarterbacks in the first three picks. Like I don't think that's going to happen. Because people know Will Levis puts uh, mayonnaise in his coffee, so I don't think he could possibly move into the top five just because of that fact alone. But you know what I mean? Like even yeah. if even if the Bears trade the pick and somebody's like, okay, we're taking Bryce Young, and then the Texans are like, okay, we're taking C.J. Stroud. If you're the Cardinals, then okay, you either get uh, Will Anderson, or if you still want to trade it, you want some team that's like, we got to move ahead of the Colts to get a quarterback at three. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just think right now with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as the two quarterbacks that people are slobbering over, and it, what's amazing 
confusing about it. Two different reasons. Two completely different reasons. One because of the physicality, the physical, the measurables. The other one for what's inside the dude. That being Bryce Young. It's really, really cool. We're going to be talking about this all through the draft right now. But again, I'd like one of those quarterbacks to be alive. Because if one of those quarterbacks were alive, one of those two at number three, oh baby, then now all of a, that's what you want. Because now all of a sudden somebody wants that number three pick to draft one of those two quarterbacks that people love. So the the ideal situation would have been the Chicago Bears stay right there and say, we need that guy. That's we got to draft That's him. best case. That's, you're, that's you're saying what best I case. Want. You're saying best case. I'm saying, what is there a contingency plan where a team looks, and if the first two picks are Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, does a team look and say, we really want a th- the third quarterback off the board, and the Colts are probably going to take one at four. That's the one thing working in the Cardinals' favor. Does the team look and say, look, this quarterback probably is 12th, but we need to get him, and, and he's the third quarterback. He's the only one left. we got to move ahead of Indianapolis. That's the game you're playing if you're the Cardinals and you want to trade the pick, and the best-case scenario hasn't already happened. You're right. The best case is that Stroud or, or Bryce yeah. Young is still there because they need yeah. to trade the pick, honestly. Yeah, then all of a sudden you're sitting there and you, yeah. Okay, we'll take five, please. Five of your top three picks over the next two years. Thank you. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Uh, when we come back, there's a basketball game tonight. What does Kevin Ray expect to see from Kevin Durant in his son's debut in Charlotte? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. And catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons. Game day with K Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, well, good news, bad news. The bad news is uh, Terrence Ross is on the Suns injury report, will not play tonight due to right toe soreness. Is he day to day? I don't know. It just says right toe soreness. The good news is Kevin Durant's going to play tonight. Okay, that's good. And the even better news, we have Kevin Ray on the line right now. How about that? Game day with K-Ray. This is an epic game day with K-Ray. We were going to do this whole segment uh, without ever once mentioning Kevin Durant to Kevin Ray here, but uh, we have already ruined that. K-Ray, you're on the Arizona Sports Line. What's going on, man? What's happening, gentlemen? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot. You know, just kind of waiting for this basketball game that might Feel change the direction of the franchise forever. A little giddy, K-Ray. I mean, uh, let's be honest. How, how can we not be giddy? It, it, it feels like we've waited for know, months uh, instead of a few weeks. Yes. And, you know, it, it is it is finally here. Christmas morning is here for Suns fans. You know, the, the tree is sitting there, and there's just one big present. And we know what it is. We already know what it is, but we can't wait to unwrap it. It's, yeah. But it's the present you've been asking for since July, and, and Santa Claus came through, <laughs> right. and you know you got the presents. Uh, Kay, okay, so here we, we, we start this off now. We start off the Kevin Durant era officially tonight. Um, do you think this helps Suns fans at all who are still kind of like, man, Mikel Bridges, I still miss him. You know what I mean? Like We were talking about this before the show, and I get it. I get that, that, that fans miss him. I miss Mikel. But uh, I also feel like we're not totally conceptualizing what Kevin Durant can do for this team because we haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, and look, you're spot on, Luke. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. You don't have to, like, miss Mikkel and be upset that KD is here. I mean, you can have both. I mean, you can miss Mikkel. You can appreciate and love everything that Mikkel brought to this team. But you can also appreciate guys that because of Mikkel, we were able to acquire Kevin Durant, and and it's just it is the, you know the the downside, if you will, of of the sports business. Um, and you know we were talking last night at dinner because for those of us who have you know been around this team for a long time, the, the Suns you know have always been one of the top winning franchises in NBA history. You know there for the while they were they were one of the top winning franchises in all professional sports. Mm-hmm. But what don't we have to show for it? We've got all kinds of you know Western Conference appearances, specific division titles, you know MVPs who have played for us. There is that one, that, that one void, and it's a championship. And when you go for a championship, there are sacrifices that have to be made. I'll continue to miss McHale the rest of the season for a number of reasons. But, man, when you have a chance to add a unicorn to your roster, mm-hmm. an all-time unicorn, man, you, you got to do it. So you, you tip your cap to Matt Ishbia and this organization for pulling the trigger and saying we i mean if there was any question about whether they were all in <laughs> it, it was answered in, in one swift move yeah okay you know what i don't want to skip steps greg popovich i i do not want to do that he's exactly right and that is a yeah. warning to us all now i don't want to skip steps Yet that's what I'm doing. My expectation right now for the Phoenix Suns, tonight it starts. Win games and win games early and win games often. That is my expectation. And yet I, I despise myself for saying it out loud on the radio. That's my expectation. <laughs> Thinking that somehow, some way, Kevin Durant is going to play tonight and look like he's played with his team for the last 30 games. I, I know that's unreasonable to have that kind of expectation, but that's where I am right now because he's been around, because it's not like he doesn't know any of the plays the Suns are going to run, any of the schemes they're going to use offensively and defensively. My expectation is to win games early and often with KD in the lineup. What is yours, my friend? It, yeah, well, and look, don't don't uh, don't be too hard on yourself there, big fella, because <laughs> uh, they they are they are the same expectation I think that virtually everybody has. And here's here's something to keep in mind. Do, Kay, do you think they do? The guys inside yes. that locker room. Do you think they have that expectation? Oh, absolutely. And look, for for a couple of reasons, but when you look at Kevin Durant, everywhere he has played, there's a couple of things that stand out. It is everybody else's numbers improve, and not just improve marginally. They improve pretty significantly, whether it be, you know, his time in Golden State. I mean, we know how good Steph and Clay and those guys already were. But if you go back and look at their efficiency numbers when KD was there, they were much higher. Same thing in Brooklyn. You look at all the guys that, that he was on the floor with, all of their efficiency and shooting percentages numbers were up. And the biggest reason I think why is because K- 
Kevin, as dominant as he is, is not dominant in the sense of having to have the ball in his hand to influence the game. Mm-hmm. I came across this number. Uh, this stat when, uh, you know, in, in getting ready for not just tonight's game, but just in learning more about Kevin Durant, he currently averages 67 touches per game. That's 43rd in the NBA, but yet he's a top 10 scorer in terms of points per touch. So that tells you it speaks to his efficiency and his ability to fit in. And as we have said, because this is an offense that is geared towards already two of the best mid-range shooters in the game with Monty Williams and his crew and Devin Booker and Chris Paul, he, he fits in seamlessly already with what they're doing. And because they've had a couple of weeks, you know, Monty and then we're pouring over game film looking at where Kevin got so many of his high percentage touches both in Brooklyn and in Golden State so they have already worked in incorporating that over the last couple of weeks so yes I I believe they have the same expectations and I don't think that it's going to you know take a five or six game adjustment period for some of those very reasons We're talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Uh, K. Ray, as far as the the rotation around that that core four with D.A. and, and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and now Kevin Durant, um, how much of that do you think Monty Williams was able to start to get an idea of over the last couple weeks here, or how much of that goes out the window and they just they need to see how it fits around Durant and those other three? Yeah, I, I think I, I think there's a, a little bit of a a balance in between. And look, I said this last week. I, I think that in some regards, Monty's biggest challenge and his coaching staff's biggest challenge is figuring out the 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 bench rotation. And we've kind of seen this season, and it's been herky jerky just because of the injuries. But we've seen kind of Monty's approach with keeping Devin on the floor and when Chris is on the floor. Um, that obviously was altered once the, the trade was made, but we haven't really been able to see how he'll do it now with, with a Kevin Durant. And that, to me, will be the biggest challenge. I, I think when you look at the the starting four, um, and I'm just going to say most likely Josh Okogie is probably going to be your, your starting fifth, um, and that could rotate based on matchups. Um, but I think that's going to be the biggest adjustment for mining this coaching staff is to, to look at that bench rotation and which of the starters he keeps on the floor with them because that's, that's certainly something he'll be looking at doing come postseason time. So we heard that KD is going to be put on a minutes restriction. Can you tell us what that restriction is? Have you heard anything, Kay? I haven't been given a specific number, but I, I believe we're probably looking in the 25-minute range. Um, and so if if uh, if you want to kind of have some fun with it, you know, Book was on a 30-minute restriction, and, of course, he played 36 minutes the other night. Exactly. So. Yes. Exactly. It's a prudent so way to it, do it. If, it's if a it's, smart way to If it's 25 it. minutes, you know, I, I can see it's being somewhere between 25 and, let's say, 30, 32 minutes. Yes. Okay, Ray, any truth to the uh, rumor I'm about to start that Kevin Durant got here and he's like, you have to go by KD because there's already a well-known Kevin, and that's Kevin Ray? Is that how that works? <laughs> that's pretty funny, Lou. What, 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 whatever, whatever name tag I had will, will instantly get kicked to the curb. <laughs> KD can have all the Kevins. He can be whatever, man. <laughs> Love well, you, Kay. It's going to be fun. You, Thanks a lot, Appreciate Kay, Ray. Appreciate you, buddy. 
<laughs> you got it, boys. Excellent. Should be a fun one tonight. Yep, absolutely. That's uh, Kevin Ray of Bally Sports joining us right there. Oh, we didn't even get to uh, laugh at him. Remember last week? He's like, selfishly, I kind of want him to make his debut on Wednesday because K Ray gets to make do the call tonight. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, yes, yeah, that game starts, and that's you can hear it here, obviously, on uh, Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're gonna we're gonna cut into Burns and Gambo to start that game. That's how big this game Man, is. That's huge, right there. Uh, when we come back, back to football, and it's an off season of a lot of questions, obviously, for the Cardinals. One of the biggest ones is what are they going to do with their quarterback room while Kyler Murray rehabs? The head coach and GM both weighed in on that topic yesterday at the Combine. You're going to hear what they had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm having trouble trying to sleep. I'm counting shit. Waiting for you to ask who this is. Uh, Are you kidding me? Yeah, everybody in that time period is green day. This is... I actually like this. Here we go. I can honestly say this song is good in concert now, having seen it. Oh, you, you did see them, that, right? That was, yeah, that was show research. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Top that would be like, great. Had, had a, so when did they play it? Was it early? Was it late? When did they play it? This they was right around the middle. It? Right in the middle. Yeah, this, they, they actually went on late, which I didn't know you could do at a uh, at a music festival, but they did. And okay. they were the headliners, so they could. Oh. But this one was right around the uh, the middle of the, uh, the show. Um, over to football. And Jonathan Gannon at the Combine yesterday talking about Kyler Murray and his rehab. And this is what he said. I told Kyler, you know, I'm not going to rush him back, you know, because part of what makes Kyler so elite is is his, you know, are his legs. Um, so when he's ready to play, he'll play. I'm not, I don't know exactly the timetable right now. Everyone heals a little bit differently. Everyone comes back from rehab a little differently. Um, and everyone's different in that aspect. So I like the plan where he's at. I like what he's doing right now to get himself uh, ready to go. I, like I've, you know, I've told the story the guy's attacking his rehab uh, he wants to be out there as fast as he can as soon as he's, he's ready uh, then we'll put him out there but you know if he's not ready to go we'll have a plan in place to play and win games with who we have playing quarterback for us yeah, you know, he's 25 years old right now. He's young. He's a guy that um, has been able to overcome injury in the past. Um, who knows? Listen, I know the rehab is so critical, and it's one of the reasons why I'm really happy to see that he's hanging around the facility building. Yeah. He's actually rehabbing with the Arizona Cardinals. That feels the way different. that I think it should be. That, that, doesn't that feel you, different? Exactly. Yes, it does. And you know how I feel about this, Luke. Hey, they're the ones... They're the ones who are signing your checks. You ought to be rehabbing. The vast majority of your rehab should be around the Arizona Cardinals organization and at their facility building. Uh, Michael Bidwell said flat out that that was important to him way yes. back at the end of the season when they were talking about you know moving in a new direction and bringing in a new GM and a, that was one of the things he said and. You know, I can, I can see the other side of it of, okay, you want him to rehab wherever he's most comfortable, but I think you just said it. They're paying him almost a quarter of a billion dollars. That's part of his responsibility. I'm glad he's just doing it. And, no. I'm, and I'm glad, honestly, it hasn't 
been made that big of a deal out of Absolutely. by the team. You know what I mean? Yes. No, you're right about that. I am. And that's the way that it should be right now. He Listen, it's one of the reasons why I continue to say nine months. Just think nine months. That is the tip right there. Nine months. He might come back a little bit sooner. Might come back later. There's a lot of reports out there that we've seen that said, oh, no, he's not. he might not come back to the middle of the season. Uh, I, I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe that. you got to go into it with your eyes wide open, and the middle of nine months is September. I think, yeah, I think if you were going to set the over-under, you would say week four and a half, right? Because you want to set the over-under where it's most difficult to pick one way or the other. If somebody's like, oh, week eight and a half, I'm going to take the under. He'll be back before then. Yes. I would hope. But if you say four and a half, it's like, yeah, I could see it. I, I mean, I could see him missing six games, especially when you have a clip like that of Jonathan Gannon saying, I told him and we're not going to rush him back, you know? Yeah. I think some of it may depend on how the first few games go, too, right? If you're if you're four and oh, hey, Kyler, take your time. We want you at full strength. If you're oh and four, you're like, we don't want to rush him back he's he's our meal ticket big picture you don't want to risk further injury there either yeah and i think that's honestly is the way that you approach this thing right now it has nothing to do this is just me look i don't think it has anything to do with the record i think it has everything to do with is he okay is he all right is he mentally ready to go is he physically capable of going right now Everything that the decision that you make, it's got to be predicated on whether or not he is healthy. And it's not just physically being healthy. It's also mentally being ready to go. And that's on Kyler to get himself mentally ready to go. Well, he just said it right there, too. And this is something everybody thought when he first got hurt. Every Cardinals fan was like, great. It's his leg, and that's what makes him so dangerous, yes. right? Uh, so you do. You have to be extra careful with that. I mean, obviously, a non-contact like injury, it's like, eh. Yeah, I know. You know, but he, it's his leg. And, you know, that's what makes him so dangerous is his legs. You know, that to me, more than anything else, that's where this paradigm shift has got to happen with Kyler Murray. And that's why I said at the time, and I felt embarrassed, but I said at the time, it might be the best thing that ever happened to Kyler Murray, was the fact that, okay, yeah, you know what, uh, forget about your legs. You know what, this is going to be about you, in the pocket, just like Russell Wilson. Just like Russell Wilson had to go through it himself, had to throw the ball from the pocket and prove to everybody Every defense that he faced early in his career that he could throw the ball from the pocket because that's what they did. They tried to keep him. This is the this is the charge for Kyler Murray. He's got to learn how to throw the ball from the pocket. We've seen him do it with great success. He's got to look at that and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. But he's got to be put in an offense that will allow him to do that. But see, that goes to a totally different philosophical football conversation, doesn't it? Because if you, if you, I'm not saying you don't want him to run, but if you don't want him to run much, then why was he the first overall pick? You know what I mean? You can, he's a great athlete, and he can make a lot of plays with his legs that are off schedule. There's no denying that. He, he can make a lot of plays like that. But once again, um, Russell Wilson run, he, Russell Wilson won a, a Super Bowl from the pocket. Should have won two. From the pocket. He had to. That everybody tried to keep him into the pocket. That's exactly what's got to happen with Kyler Murray. Because again, if you're you're running around out there, you're you're, you're just not going to be able to do that consistently enough to win 
a Super Bowl. Uh, here's Monty Austin Ford at the Combine talking about the quarterback room behind Kyler Murray because this is where it's getting complicated, right? If, if, you, if you're not going to have Kyler for an unknown amount of games, then you know is Colt McCoy your starter and you need a backup behind him? Uh, do you need a starter ahead of Colt McCoy and Colt McCoy is the backup? Or, you know, <laughs> now it sounds like Colt McCoy is hurt too. So here's uh, Austin Fort. I think adding competition to, to everywhere on the roster always makes sense. And so whether we're talking specifically about the quarterback position or any other, um, we're going to always look to improve the depth and and the competition of our, on our team because that's just going to push all of, all all of our players to get better. Um, and so that's something we're going to look at at every position. In other words, it's not just going to be Colt McCoy, David Blau, Trace McSorley to start next year, right? I think I interpreted that the right way. He's yeah. bringing somebody in. Yeah, no, you're right about that. He's bringing somebody in, Jacoby Brissett. He's bringing somebody in, I'm sure, at some point in time. But, man, I love the attitude. I do. I love this. This is what you need to do. This is part of the culture of the Arizona Cardinals going forward. You just had Monty Ossenford, the general manager, say, you know, a competition is what we're going to try to do. We're, try- we're going to try to create an awful lot of competition on our roster, on our depth chart. We're going to try to do that because you know what that says to every player that is on this team? All is not well for you. You better compete. And I don't care how good you are, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care how good you are. It's never a bad thing to have to fight for your job. It isn't. Uh, one more from Austin Fort. And this is, this is what I think would be his biggest challenge, taking this job. Um, because... What you just said right there is big. You have to you have to instill that sort of culture of competition. But I I do think to a certain extent the guys that are sticking around are going to look around and say, yeah, last year sucked. So I understand I have to compete for my job, and everybody around me does too. What I think is going to be tough for Monty Austin Fort is: are you rebuilding or are you trying to win games next year? You know what I mean? I think if you just come in and you have Kyler Murray and he's fully healthy, you're trying to win next year. You're doing both. That's tough to do. That's okay, really tough to you're, do. You're doing both. So this is what he said uh, when he was asked yesterday at the Combine if Kyler's injury affects how he's trying to build this. Obviously a consideration, and, and Kyler is Kyler is attacking his rehab, and it's been great to see him in the building and, and in the facility. Um, you know, I think the, the first, the priority with, with any player, and specifically Kyler, is, is getting him healthy and getting him on the field when he's ready to go and when he can do the things that he can do. And certainly we have to have a plan in place for if he's not ready to go. So, uh, And we'll be ready for that, and we'll We'll, we'll look at every avenue that we can to, to have our team ready so we can be competitive, and we, we'll be ready for when Kyler's ready to go. That's the reason why you can do both. You can rebuild, and you can say, we're going to try to win as well. We're going to retool. We're going to rebuild. We're going to have a huge rollover, a huge amount of change inside that locker room. Think about it. How many free agents were there? How many? 31, 31. is what you said. Either free agents or guys that were retiring. Um, they're going to have a, a lot of change inside that, that locker room and on that depth chart. But they've got a guy. And we know, okay, when's he going to play? I'm just going to say right now he's going to play before October. That's my expectation. He's going to play before October, or he's going to play right on October. Okay, don't hold me to that, but that's what I'm telling I'm gonna you. I'm going to write this down. Right now, October is when I expect him to be ready to play. Having said that, I don't think that's too late to actually win games. 
You just got to retool this roster and then look at your franchise quarterback and expect him to go out and play well. Uh, we come back, back over to basketball with Kevin Durant making his debut tonight and just 20 games left in the regular season. Wide open Western Conference. Is this the Suns' best chance to win a title? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.